My name is Randy. I'm one of the uh, pastors here. I just want to welcome everybody for coming to church this morning. And I know a lot of you probably just wanted to roll over and crawl up under the bed, the bed covers. Cold, cold morning. One of the first really cold winter mornings we've had so far. Uh, I just want to ask real quick if there's any first-time guests. I know there's families coming this week because Christmas holiday and such. Maybe there's a first-time guest never been here before. We got somebody telling, pointing at a finger over here. All right. Well, thank you for being here. We've got a gift for you. Here, our usher bringing you a gift. Inside that bag is a Bible, uh, some uh, candy, and uh, some information about the church. And there's also a little guest card. We ask you if you would just fill that out uh, so that our pastor can make contact with you later on. Just drop it in the plate as it goes around. That's all you need to put in the plate today. And we'll thank you for that. Anybody else? Any other first-time guests anywhere else? Anybody else want to write out another family member? Another one right over here. Thank you also for coming. We appreciate you being here. Uh, again, same thing with you. There's a white card. Fill that out. Just drop it in the plate so our pastor can make contact with you. And, and thank you for being here. Um, and so uh, be sure to drop off the, uh, the attendant, your attendance record in the, in the envelope, too, for all you members and regular attenders uh, so we can keep track of who's here and who's not. Uh, that does help us track everybody. Nice to know who's here and who's not. <clears throat> so we're gonna we've got a special thing. I'm gonna turn it back over to our pastor, and he's got something special going on this morning. I think it got, there we go, it got hit somewhere along the way. All right, well, welcome to HBF. It's good to see you. My name is Brian Hedges. I'm pastor here at Heartland Baptist Fellowship, and it's a Christmas season, obviously. Great praise music, great opportunity. We still have more praise to go. Uh, what I wanted to do, though, is, is just talk to you a little bit about giving. And you're like, well, of course, you're a preacher. But I'm not going to talk about giving with money. I'm talking about, and it's Christmas, but I want to talk about giving uh, to the Lord in regard to missions. One of the things that we do uh, at Heartland is, take the mission of God seriously. Our, our actual mission statement is to, that we're here to equip the saints of God and the Word of God to accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God. What does that mean? Well, that means take the gospel everywhere, to our neighbors, uh, to our next, you know, the next county, the next state, uh, the next nation, and literally all the way around the world. That's what God commanded. And He wants us to do that simultaneously, and He wants us to do that strategically, but we can't do that unless it's supernatural. So what I want to do is just take a few minutes, and, and uh, you know, we had a couple trips this year already. We went to um, up to uh, Monmouth, Illinois on a trip uh, a few weeks ago. They came back. You heard a report from Ray Blowers. Uh, and then just a couple weeks ago, Mitch Newland and Caleb Larkham went to Oaxaca. Oaxaca is a, a, a location in southern Mexico that we've been investing in with, and partnering with, with uh, missionary Joe Hendricksman. It's been a great investment. So I wanted to, instead of just doing a, a quick update like we always do, I wanted to go ahead and bring uh, Mitch Newland. If, you, if Mitch and uh, Caleb could come up, I just want to do a little interview with these guys and, uh, and just talk a little bit about the trip. So if you guys could come on up and uh, have a seat. We're doing this. It's casual Christmas time, so we're going to have a seat and just have a little chat about the trip. So if you guys just have a seat, that'll be good. You're not being cross-examined or anything. So, so, so Mitch, uh, I'll start with you. So, uh, so, um, just give us a little bit of an introduction about you know the trip um, that you took to uh, War or to not Warris, but to Oaxaca, and uh, and just kind of give us a little update. 
Yeah, initially, um, so this was our third trip uh, to Oaxaca. We went in 2019, again in 2021, and then this year. And then uh, Joe told me initially our plan was to go down and scout out a town um, because they often do medical brigades. So they go to these mountain towns, and um, they'll take about a team of 30 people, and they'll go up into these villages and help give medical support and then also give them the gospel while they're doing that. And so that was the main focal point of the trip. I think that was the pivotal point that that was the main, uh, like I said, the main focus. So we went up into a town and handed out hundreds of uh, uh, Johns and Romans and gospel tracts in their language. Uh, they never, a lot of them haven't seen gringos before, so all the school kids are laughing and all that stuff. And uh, it was a great time. But we were able to get in contact with the uh, with the president of the town, and it was it was really cool because they hadn't been able to get to that town because uh, of the hurricane that they recently had. So it destroyed a lot of the roads. So we were able to get up there finally, and it was God's timing because they had actually just had an impromptu election because the president that they had before received 25 million pesos or 1.25 million U.S. to do hurricane relief, and he took the money and ran. So they had an impromptu election, put in a new president. Uh, He was able to make contact with the president, and she said that they were actually looking uh, to talk to the local pastors about what they can do for their people. So it was perfect timing. So they were talking to the um, the locals and about that doing the medical brigade in February is when they're going to do that. So that was the main kind of focus. Okay, I, I hadn't heard about the stealing of the funds. That's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, well, this is how many times have you been to Oaxaca? This was my third trip. So this is your third trip. What what has it taken to prepare you, you know, from to even get on a missions trip to get to the point now? You've led led the trip, I believe, twice, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Yes, I, I went um, as just a member of the team in 2019. Uh, Bob Hall led that trip. And uh, then in 2021, um, I'd always wanted to go international. And then um, at one of our, I think it was our vision conference maybe, was when uh, Jody, my wife, finally felt the uh, laid on her to go get her passports. I was always willing to go. She was scared of international travel. So uh, and she'll tell you that too. And so we went and finally got her passports. And then I was ready to go. Um, I often, uh, for that first trip, I know, especially uh, in Colossians 4, it says that uh, Tychicus was sent unto them to know their estate and comfort their hearts. And that was my initial desire to go was for Joe and Amy. And then um, God continued to grow me uh, and, and through HBI and all of that. And uh, I felt um, a, a huge burden to go and support Joe and Amy and their work down there. And um, so I decided to lead the trip last year. And we had a team of five last year and then uh, two this year. So I think it was that's excellent. You've done a good job. So, Caleb, did he do good? He did good. All yes. right. So, Caleb, this is your first. Is this your first international trip? This is my second. Second yes. international trip. What was your first one? Oaxaca. Last oh, okay. Uh, so you went last yeah, year. Yeah. So this right. was my. Yeah. Forgive me. So, uh, so as far as uh, as far as you're concerned, um, what work did God do in your life uh, just to bring you to a place to go? You took both two trips this fall. So just kind of give me a rundown. What has it taken to get you moving from? Um, you know, off a of dead center to actually jump into a trip. And now this year taking two trips. That's pretty yeah, aggressive. Um, for me, it started in my prayer life. Uh, I know being a part of the uh, prayer team, the Oaxaca prayer team, not only that, but my personal prayer life, uh, just being consistent and faithful with that um, and uh, being encouraged by some of the things that are going on here at HBF. Uh, I know I was uh, encouraged by the vision con- conference that we had of answering the call and how, you know, just asking myself, how can I answer my personal call? I know we're all we're all called and commanded in uh, Matthew ch- chapter 28 to go ye therefore. And so how can I take part of uh, that and, and being a part of God's work in my personal life along with my prayer life? 
And uh, I think also uh, being putting my hands on the Bibles that we did at the Bible conference mm-hmm. was uh, huge for me because I knew that some mm-hmm. of those were just really the uh, God's been working in my life of how important valuing his word is because I know, you know, there's just to see people's faces light up and you can see that, I mean, God's word changes our life and it will and can change our life if we allow it to. Um, but being able to give Bibles and scripture to people that uh, don't have never seen one, they've never seen a Bible. They've never, they don't know who mm. Jesus is. Amazing. Uh, just, uh, you know, these pastors that are reaching out to Joe, just, uh, just, it's like, so it's a huge deal for them to get scripture and and Joe you know thank the lord he's able to just pass some of that out as quick as he can get it um and lastly i think uh so one of the ways that the lord prepared me to go on this trip was going through the how to disciple class this past uh hmm. this past uh rotate uh class that Jeremy had um just establishing the knowing the importance of the four goals of discipleship and taking part in evangelism. I know that discipleship and evangelism should be a part of all of our life, Amen. Uh, whether it's here uh, or you know just in our daily life, or we we are able to take a trip, an uh, international trip like this. But yeah, that's some of the ways that God has prepared me to go on this trip. Wow. This last that's, time, that's encouraging to me. I'm glad to hear that. That's. Uh... That's good to hear. So just a shout out for Vision Conference, Bible Conference. Those times are so important. They stir us up and they kind of help move us forward along with discipleship and the relationships. That's so good. So you like this trip. And yes. um, and did, what would you, would you encourage, you know, others, everybody? You think these folks could jump on the trip? Absolutely. It's not, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's the same time zone. The travel is really, to go, in an international trip, this is pr- pretty easy travel, I think. Um the uh, the people may be intimidated by the language barrier, but really, when you get there's people there that uh, you know there's people there that can help you with that, uh, just translate for you. And there's a lot there's people there you know more uh, surprisingly can understand what you're saying. I don't think that should be in the relatively inexpensive uh, as far as international trip goes. And I mean the food is you know you've got to be there for the yeah. food. I mean the food is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think this this is a great trip for um, if people have considered uh, a trip like this, um, they should definitely pray about it. And something I did was just I just made, was intentional about saving a little money and and getting my passport, out, getting my passport, getting it out of the way, so that's not an excuse when the time comes. And then you know, hopefully we're gearing up for another trip this next year and just starting to save money and being intentional about that so amen that's so good so did you run into any obstacles um you know because you're you're going to move forward with god and you hear me say all the time spiritual persistence brings satanic resistance right so do you run into any obstacles before the trip uh yes the adversary was uh definitely knocking at the door um leading up to the trip and yes i i uh, um so for me i had a personal uh foot injury like the week before the trip and we're like getting ready to go gearing up to go mentally and physically and everything and i just had this out of nowhere uh injury where i was like to the point where i texted mitch and i was like i need you to pray for me please because i'm really nervous about this and i could hardly walk at at work a couple days and you know we started the prayer chain and uh, prayer requests going and then god did a miracle and where you know it, when the time came for the trip, I was able to uh, 
you know, it was it taking a lot of the pain away. Um, but that was just something that, uh, you know, the devil, I think, was trying to get me discouraged about mm-hmm. uh, about going. And, you know, I was we, one of my boys was uh, sick the night before we were supposed to leave. I had like three hours of sleep the night before we went to get mm-hmm. on a plane because I was trying to get him, you know, uh, taken care of at the doctor. And it was the day after Thanksgiving. So there was no, you know, trying to find a place to go was things like that. The, the adversary is, you know, trying to get you discouraged and trying to knock you off the course. But I knew that, you know, taking, putting my faith in that God is going to take care of my family and take care of the things here at home was, you know, so we knew he was on the right track. Amen. What about you, Mitch? You run any obstacles? Every year, every time we go. Every year? Uh, yeah. It seems that, you know, uh, you know, Satan is a punk. And, uh, you know, you can <laughs> see with, uh, in the book of Job, he always meddles with everything around us. You know, he, if he can't get to us, he'll meddle with everything around you. And um, whether it's, you know, his foot, uh, my back, I tend to have back issues from my military service. And it was flared up, hadn't been flared up all year. And then the week before we leave, it's it's messing with me. And then um, just physical things, like in the house, things were breaking left and right. Like in the same day, we had our range hood <laughs> and our oven broke. And just our fence, part of our fence fell down. Like all these things that were just falling apart around us. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. So I understood. It's, it happens almost every year. Um, so... But uh, I think Satan knows, like, when, when we're fully committed to the call that we're going regardless, that he just tries to meddle with everything to get us, you know, uh, to get us off course and off focus. So. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we got another trip coming up, looking at Steve over here, to the DR next year. And we got, we'll go back to Oaxaca mm-hmm. and Monmouth, uh, most likely, and probably a few others if the Lord allows. What would, what would you say, uh, of course, we kind of have some requirements, but what, what, was some, what would someone need to get ready to take an international missions trip like this one? So, you know, we often, the way I kind of see it is we often almost uh, separate, uh, we have to be careful not to separate our, our uh, preparation in the body of Christ and our preparation in our home life. And, you know, in Timothy it says to, uh, that no man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who, has, who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And uh, I think often we'll prepare ourselves, we'll do all these classes, how to disciple, discipleship, all of this stuff. But then we're not actually taking the effort in our home and in our mm-hmm. bank accounts and in our time to have our affairs in order. And uh, if we don't take the diligence and the time to prepare that, then when the time comes, we'll be like, oh, I really wanted to go on that trip. But, you know, it came and went and it'll continue to come and go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we've seen, time is a vapor. It just keeps flying by. And, I mean, it's hard to believe I've already been three times down there in four years and we plan on going again. So. I think that's a big aspect of it. Um, we can do everything we want, but really anybody who's finished D1 and knows the gospel can go on a trip like this. I mean, because you're really not, I mean, unless you're um, teaching, most of us were just handing out packets to people, loving on people, and just getting to know them and ministering to them in that way. So, Well, thank you. That's good. Um, and so one of the things probably that someone could do right now, we have a whole, if you look in your bulletin, we have a whole list of, of uh, prayer teams. And the Bible says where your treasure is, there's your heart also. Uh, one of the things we can do to to start giving toward a missions trip, not even just financially to save money and all of that or get ourselves ready with discipleship, anybody here can jump in on a prayer team. And the schedules are listed there, and our missionaries need that prayer. So uh, you head up the Oaxaca team. Could, could you just give us a quick rundown of, of uh, what does the acronym TEAM stand for, first of all? And uh, every team leader ought to know this if you're a prayer team leader. Yes. And uh, And what do you meet? Uh, yeah, so we uh, we lead the Hendricksman prayer team, so specifically for Joe and Amy. 
and team is together everyone advances missions. So it takes all of us coming together to make sure the mission gets accomplished. We meet specifically on the second Monday of every month. We always have Mexican food, so if you enjoy Mexican food, come on out. Typically we'll start at 6 o'clock. That is our typical time, unless I'll send out a message if that's an alternate. But 6 o'clock we'll meet. We'll have a short time in the Word, because fellowship should always be around the Word. And then we'll pray over specifically Joe and Amy. Oftentimes we get clouded with praying for the mission in Oaxaca, which is important. But more importantly, we need to pray a hedge of protection around Joe and Amy specifically. And because uh, they're on the front line, they're trying to get a team around them. And uh, as we know, ministry is difficult. People come and go, but they're still there on the field uh, feeling, you know, disconnected from home. But also they're oftentimes disconnected as well. And uh, so we're praying specifically for them. And then we enjoy some fellowship over some food and we eat a lot of Mexican food and just have mm-hmm. some good times. So that's good. All right. Well, I'll let you guys go. I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and have a, a word of prayer. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna pray over the next mission trip coming up in uh, in uh, the next year sometime. We haven't got the date on the calendar, but maybe God would move you to give your life to missions. Right? That's one of the things we can be thinking about this time of year. And I really appreciate uh, the update from both Mitch and Caleb. So uh, let's pray, and and uh, we will transition. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity to hear this testimony to to know that. Lord, we have sent short-term missionaries, even though it was for a week, to Oaxaca to encourage Joe and Amy Hendricksman to encourage the saints on the ground in Oaxaca, Lord, and, and to, Lord, come back and give a report, just like uh, Paul and uh, Silas did. They, they went out and they came back, they gave a report, and, Lord, I, I thank you for the reality of, of your word and the fact that you have given us in your word something to give to, to others. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, as, as Pastor Steve uh, prepares his uh, his heart and his team to go to the Dominican Lord. Even now, you might be calling people uh, in December of 2022 to get ready for a trip in 2023. And Lord, some of those things that we heard that uh, about discipleship, about um, about you know participating in the vision in the mission of the church, uh, understanding uh, that they need a passport, setting aside savings, Lord, that you would put that upon people's hearts so they can take these short-term trips. These are easy trips to the DR to Oaxaca, Lord, you haven't, you can't make it any easier than that on us, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to go uh, into these foreign places where people literally have never seen the Scripture. Lord, we're so thankful for the privilege of being able to help partner with missionaries like Joe and Amy uh, to get the Word of God where it needs to go on time. And I pray, God, you continue to stir us up and, Lord, prepare and fill up this trip to the DR next year so that we can lead people to Christ in the Dominican Republic with the new church plant, the new neighborhoods, Lord, that you would be glorified as we come to this season of Christmas. We're, we're mindful that Jesus left heaven and came to earth on a mission to bring the light of the, of, of the world to us. And we're so thankful this time of year uh, that uh, a king of heaven would come as a child and give his life on the cross so that we could be saved. We praise you, we thank you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, as we're talking about giving, I just want to point out this, uh, that we have gospel tracts that are seasonal out here in the rack. So if you uh, need to share the gospel with somebody, uh, not do you need to, you do need to. We all need to. But these are little tools that you can put in your hands. Make sure you can get the, the gospel out. Again, welcome to HBF. If this is your first time here, we're so glad that you're here. If you have a Bible, be turned to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. We're going to continue our study in the time that we have left in the book of Exodus chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, grab one from the seat rack in front of you and turn to page 86. 
um, and we will uh, continue in this study. Uh, again, that we are so glad that you've joined us. Next Sunday, when we we come back, we will be here at 10:30. So make sure that you come back for Christmas. We'd love to have you with us for a special service next week. Bring the kids. We'll have presents. It's going to be a good time as we continue to enjoy uh, the gift that God has given us, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So last week we got together and we saw that Moses is uh, he had some concerns about his equipping. Right? He's like, man, Lord. Uh, I don't think they're going to receive me. I'm not sure that, that uh, the nation of Israel is going to receive what I have. They're not going to be buying what I'm selling. And God's like, hey, well, Moses, first of all, I spent all of chapter 3 telling you it's all going to be good. And at the end of chapter 3, if you guys remember, the last thing that God uh, told the nation of Israel, he told Moses, I should say, rather, uh, that every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her, her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold, raiment, and she shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and he and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. You're going you're gonna to win. You're going to roll out of there wealthy. God's going to uh, spoil them, and uh, it's going to happen. And earlier in the chapter, he already confirmed uh, that it would be a successful operation, even though he also confirmed that it wouldn't come easy, right, that Pharaoh, he could guarantee that, that Pharaoh will not receive your message, but nonetheless, you will come out prosperous. It's sort of like what we just talked about up here, right? Um, hey, we know we're on a mission. We know God wins at the end, uh, but we're engaged, right? So we, we may go forward to take a missions trip or something, engage in ministry. You know there's going to be opposition. You know there's going to be difficulty, but go anyway, right? Go by faith, trust God, and God will provide. And uh, he puts us in these situations, you know, oftentimes. Why? So we can walk by faith, right? This is a faith walk. Abraham is the father of faith, and his lineage follows in that, and Moses is in that lineage. He's going to have to learn to walk by faith. We have to learn to walk by faith. You would think that having God's powerful assurance confirmed by the promise of God's word and signs would be enough, would be enough to convince anyone that God could use them. I mean, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I would think so. I mean, if God rolls up in a big bush and he says, Hey, you, put your name in the blank. This is what I'm going to do with you. Oh, and let me confirm that with some signs. Okay, here's a rod. Throw it down. Whoa, there's a snake. Whoa, freak me out. Oh, pick it up. And now it's a rod again. You know, I mean, just, okay. Oh, your hand. Oh, now, leprous. Ouch. No, I don't want it. Oh, put it back. Okay, oh, it's normal again. Okay, that's enough. And just in case, I got another sign that, that when you, you pour this out of your hand, this water, it'll, it'll turn to blood on the ground. And I mean, okay, so isn't that enough? Well, you would think. You would think, but you know, really think about your own testimony. How many times has God, God done remarkable things in your life, and yet we still experience these crises of confidence? I mean, I do it still. I, I got to admit, there's times I'm, I could, today I feel pretty good, but there's times even on Sunday morning, I'm like, oh man, I just don't feel like I can do this today, right? And so what, you get this crisis of, of confidence. Moses is having a crisis of, of confidence as we look in the text in chapter 4, and it, it doesn't end. Even after all of these things that God has done uh, to, to reveal to him that, that, that he's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I am, you are going to be victorious, Moses. He is still experiencing this, this, this hang-up, is what I call it. I titled this sermon, um, you know, What's Your Hang-Up? Because we all got one. Moses has a hang-up. If you look at the text in chapter 4 and verse 10, let's stand together 
Uh, you've been sitting a little while. Let's stand together and look at the text together. But let's not just stand together because we've been sitting. Let's stand together in honor of God's word, as I did in the book of Exodus, or in Ezra, I should say, rather. As we read the word of God, let's honor the text this morning as we stand before the Lord and read it. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10. Uh, we're only going to go down through verse 17. And so we pick up the story. Uh, the last sign that I just mentioned is in verse 9 about taking water, pouring it out, and it'll turn to blood upon the dry ground. Now, verse 10. So after all of this, this is what Moses says to all of that. He says, Lord, um, uh, I am here. Send me. Here am I. Send me. No, he doesn't say that at all. No, it doesn't say that. So I'm glad. If you have that in your Bible, it's the wrong Bible. Verse 10. (laughs) Verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And so again, Moses said, oh, okay. No, let's keep going. Verse 13. That's not what Moses said. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even, uh, he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ, and Lord, we are mindful this morning as we read this text, Lord, that you have called us. Lord, this morning you are calling all men everywhere to repent. You're calling all the salvation. You died on the cross for all the world. You want everyone to be saved. But for those of us that are saved, we are set apart. We are sanctified. We are the called of God. Lord, we are called to obey you in obedience. Lord, we follow you in believers' baptism. Lord, we work together and, and love you and one another so that we can accomplish your mission. Lord, you are calling us to set our lives in order so that we can give back to you, so that we can take your messages Get it where it needs to go, to our families, to our friends, Lord, to a world that is lost and without Christ. And yet, Lord, like Moses, we have hang-ups. And Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that today, whatever hang-ups we might have, or whatever obstacles might be in our life, that you would remove them in a mighty way. We are a people, Lord, that need you. Lord, help us not to be so focused on our frailty that we forget that you are the God who formed us. Lord, you are the God who has called us, and you are the God who has promised us that you will accomplish your mission and your power for your glory through us. I pray, God, a very special blessing upon the reading, the hearing, Lord, and the application of the Word of God this morning. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
So this is a great season to trust God with what is in our hand. As Christmas season's upon us, and we are celebrating the miracle of Christ's uh, incarnation, his manifestation to the world, he's now manifest uh, through us, right? He's come to us through the gospel. He's in us if we trusted him as Lord and Savior, and now we get him uh, where he needs to go through the, the preaching of the gospel. He very much wants to use our lips just like he wanted to use Moses' lips. He wants to use what's in our hand, right, like we talked about. He wants to use what's on our hand. He wants to use what comes forth from our hands. He wants to use us for his honor and glory, and we don't want to allow our hang-ups to hinder the work that God has in us. Now, how many of us, and don't raise your hand, have hang-ups, right? Some of you could raise two hands, right? I mean, we're just hung up. We get hung up easy. Uh, we're, we're all like that, I understand. So this morning, before we go any further, let me ask you, uh, right before you just get into listening mode, I need you in participation mode this morning, what is hanging you up? Like, like, do some thought for a second. Am I hung up? And if I'm hung up, what am I hung up on? Because that's what God wants to apply this to today. Right? If you're hung up, Right? God wants to get you unhung, unhung. I don't know how that works, but he, he needs you to get freed up. That's good. That'll work. So if you're hung up, he needs you to be freed up so that you can serve him the way he needs you to. Right? So you can be free from your own fear, your own anxiety, your own insecurity, your own frailty, and you can be filled with the fullness of God's spirit and accomplish his mission and his power for his glory. So point one in your outline. Our hang-ups can hinder God using what he has placed in our hand. All right, we already covered those previous verses, 1 through 9, dealing with what was in Moses' hand, right? What was on Moses' hand? What was coming forth from Moses' hand? A very practical message to all of us. God wants to use what's in our hands, right? So, but you know what? Our hang-ups can hinder God using what he has placed in our hand. You know, this is a great time of year to take advantage of the opportunity to share the love of Christ, right? Christmas and Easter, those are the big two. Uh, we get opportunities. And the subjects of Jesus' incarnation and resurrection uh, are incredible uh, times when, we, when the whole world is focused on that to continue to uh, show the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This season is, is like a tool in our hand to share the gospel. And sometimes we come up with excuses like Moses did for why we cannot do what God has called us to do. I was just talking to someone this week about friendships. And uh, I was saying, I was telling uh, this woman, I was like, well, uh, you know, the Bible tells us if we're going to have friends, we have to show ourselves friendly. And uh, she, she was talking about how her husband was so gregarious. Her husband was just a social butterfly. He could make friends with anybody. But I'm introverted. You know, and I'm not like that, and I can't, I, I, I can't do all that. You know what? I told her, I said, I am too. But you, you know what? The Bible doesn't give me an out, right? It says, show yourself friendly, and you'll have friends, right? You do what the Bible says. You're right, certainly some people are social butterflies. It's easier for some people to on-ramp into relationships, no doubt about it. But if it's not, if it's your hang-up that I'm an introvert, well, don't use that as an excuse. Do what the Bible says anyway, by faith. And show yourself friendly. You know what will happen? You'll have friends. Why? Because you're so friendly? No, because the Bible works. Because you believe the Bible. Right? God will, will, God will work for you because you're stepping out by faith and trusting Him. You, you can't have excuses. And that's basically what Moses is offering. Excuse after excuse after excuse for why he cannot trust God with his hang-ups. Point A. 
So Moses appealed to his failure initially to avoid God's call. Right? We already saw that uh, last week in Exodus 4.1. I won't tarry on this very long, but just want to bring that up. That's the first place we often go, right, is our frailty. In Exodus 4.1, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Of course, he had a history that caused him to, to, to think that he was not usable. We covered that last week. God is able to use you. He had 40 years to think about all that. And after God clearly promised in Exodus 3, including with the promise that the Egyptian women will turn over their riches to the Israelite women, and they will put that and drape that on their sons, and he says, you will spoil them, he still comes up with an excuse. He still comes up with, well, they, they won't believe me. And so we spoke about that last week. So I digress. But before I move off of that point, I need to say this. Uh, you know, when, when God calls, this is a practical thing we can learn. We need to look forward, not backwards, right? When God has changed your life, when he has called you to follow him, man, Moses had to decide, I got to look forward. I got to look forward to what God has, not backwards, right? You don't allow what's behind you to, to, to ruin the opportunity that is going to come before you. Now, that's easy for me to say, but that's, that's what Moses had. He had murdered somebody. I mean, it was a big deal. He had, to flee, uh, he had to flee Egypt. I mean, he spent 40 years as a shepherd. A lot of things had happened to Moses' life. He didn't feel like going forward anymore, right? When he was 40, he felt like going forward. But now he's 80, he, all he can do is look backward. That happens when we grow older, doesn't it? Maybe you're growing older in the congregation. You know what? God still has work for you to do. It may not be what it used to be, but he still has work for you to do. I've, I've talked to enough senior saints to know that, that uh, you know what, it, it, it gets richer as you get older. The praying gets more intense. The, the reading, it's harder every day, but you know what? The fruit is there. And, uh, man, continue to go forward. There's a lot that God still needs us to all be doing until he catches us up out of here. So failure is not an exemption from God's call to deliver souls from bondage. In many ways, up to this point, Moses looks like a failure. A big flop. And yet God says, hey, son, I need you to look forward, not backwards. But he keeps coming up with these excuses about his frailty. See, Moses has the opposite reaction to Isaiah 6. Now, turn in your Bibles. Keep your finger here because we will be back. I need you to go to Isaiah chapter 6 in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 6. It's a large enough portion here that I I was going to just read Isaiah 6, 8, but I decided to get a little context here. Because perhaps you're here this morning and you're not like Moses. You are really prepared to go forward or you want to go forward. I want to give you the antithesis of what we see in Exodus. Uh, And that's in Isaiah chapter 6 in the calling of Isaiah. But there's a lot of similarities between uh, the response that Isaiah would have and the response that that, uh, that, uh, Moses had in regard to having a confrontation with God Almighty. The difference, though, is in the response. And Isaiah chapter 6, you should be there now. If not, there's a table of contents. You can look it up in the front. Turn to the back. It's a big book uh, toward the middle. Um, It says in Isaiah 6 and verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. In twain he covered his his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. That means two, right? Two wings, two two wings, and then two wings to fly. These are some incredible creatures. 
And one cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The, earth, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a, of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Oh, beloved, don't we? I think we all kind of feel like Isaiah, don't we? We live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And when God calls upon us, we often feel like Isaiah, like, man, Lord, I am not worthy. I am vexed with the filthy conversation of this world. We'll keep on reading. Then flew one of the seraphims, verse 6, unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, that this hath touched my, uh, thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Verse 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Here comes a question, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Who's going to represent heaven on earth? Who's going to go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go. And tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, and perceive not. And if you were to go on in the text, and we don't have time this morning, his response wasn't going to be much better than than Moses' response in Egypt. But yet Isaiah went. He went anyway, right? He, He obeyed the Lord. He said, here am I. And he was responsive to the question, who's going to go? Moses was hung up. In spite of seeing all these miracles, he was still hung up. He had a hang-up, and he needed to let go of that thing. So, so Paul was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I pray that today, when you leave here, you're not going to be hung up. It's a decision. Isaiah made a decision. You know what? The apostle Paul, he had a lot of things to be hung up over. He, him, he was also a murderer, right? He was the one that consented to the death of Stephen. He wasn't even the hands-on, right? He was the big guy. He's the one who made the decision. He's like, get that guy. I mean, Moses had blood on his hands. Paul had blood on his hands. These are not the type of people that you would think God would want to use, and yet they're exactly the ones that God called. Because he needed to be broken. He needed to be humble. And we know in Acts chapter 28, as Paul is reciting his, his testimony, I don't have time to get into all of it, this is what he said. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, he's talking to a king, he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Hey, beloved, I just want to ask you, when you got saved, how many remember the day you got saved? If you're saved, you should remember that day, by the way. You may not remember the time or the, all of that, but there's a day somewhere where you trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, a moment in time. All right? So, listen. Do you remember that vision? I remember what it was like to just know I'm saved. <sighs> and then the next thing that set in on me was that, man, i got to tell everybody how simple this is. I was so naive. I thought, well, if you just tell people, they'll receive it because they obviously don't know it. Of course, I didn't know what the Bible said, that people were blinded from the gospel. I didn't actually understand that I was blinded at that point. I thought it was an intellectual understanding. God says, no, son, this was a spiritual manifestation of truth. You got saved because the Spirit of God not only convicted you, but taught you what the gospel was when you received it. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So God was good in that regard. But there was a heavenly vision. 
Are you obedient to the heavenly vision? I mean, if you're a member of this church, if you're not a member, I'm not really talking to y'all in, the, in this sense. Uh, you don't have to lay all this on you because I don't know who you are, where you come from necessarily. But if you're a member of this church, you, you came in, right? You've, you've, somewhere, you've, been, you've made a profession of trust in Christ as Savior. You've been scripturally baptized. And, and, and so you know the gospel. You know enough of the gospel to share it. And you also know that God's called you to share it. And if you're through discipleship, man, you don't have any excuses. I mean, man, Caleb laid it out. I mean, discipleship and evangelism, they're the same as, right? You can't be a good disciple if you're not evangelizing. And if you're, if you're evangelizing, you've got to disciple because you're going to bear fruit. I mean, it just goes, it's just what it is. It's what we do. Are we obedient to the heavenly vision? I like what Mitch had to say today. Are we doing at home what we learn at church? Or is it just kind of like stay here? Paul says, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. I didn't leave it on the road to Damascus. I didn't leave it in the city of Damascus. They went, I went out to the Arabia, and I got more vision. And I, and I went to school, and I came back, and then I went to Antioch, and then I went to Asia, and, then, and now I want, to go to, I want to go to Spain. Right? He, he, Paul was living out the vision. Are you living out the vision that God has given? Like Moses. You know what? Jeremiah also made excuses. It's a big deal. There's a reason we make excuses. It could be that some of you have been trained up. Like you're not just like you're not just getting started. You know the word. I mean, you know how to rightly divide the word. You know how to rightly apply the word. And now you're in a situation where you're hung up. And God is saying, wait a minute, man. I need you to get up. And I need you to go. But man, I tell you what, it's scary to answer the call of God. I don't care who you are. I don't care when it is. It's a scary thing. Jeremiah chapter 1. And I'm not going to have you turn there. You can if you want. I'll just read this passage. This passage rocked my world in addition to many others. This is one of those that in my own personal life, if you said, you know, how, when did God call you to preach? This would be one of the big verses. There's some smaller verses of the New Testament. This is one of them. I was in my early 20s. And this is sort of like for me, I'm still living this vision from a devotional thought out of Jeremiah chapter 1. Listen to this. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, oh, oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now, if you were here last week, I talked to you about my early days, right, when... I had to speak at this commons conference. I had to speak at City Union Mission. The very passage that God used to confirm that you need to speak, no matter how you feel about it, and the fact that you want to moonwalk out of it, right, was this one. And when I came across this, it was like God just highlighted it. Don't tell me you're a child. Don't tell me you haven't been to shepherd school. Don't tell me, because you know you got the vision. You know you got the fire. You know you got it in your heart. You know that you can't... You, it bothers you when you think the world's dying and going to hell. It bothers you that there's a message that seems so simple, yet nobody seems to understand it. It bothers you. Why? Because I've called you. God's called you. But Jeremiah says, no, but I'm a child. I can't do this. I can't do that. God says, no, you can do it. Verse 7, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt go... And to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth, and the Lord said unto me, 
Behold, I have put words in thy mouth. And of course, you know the story of the the weeping prophet. These guys, they got into ministries that weren't absolutely fun. Isaiah had to go until he saw Israel go into captivity. Same thing, Jeremiah lived through the captivity. These guys preached in difficult times against difficult circumstances, and their faces were like a flint. Why? Because they believed the Word of God. God had called them at that time, and God is calling you at this time. It's Christmas time. It is time to get the gift of eternal life to this world. And God is calling us, and He says, Church, we cannot have hang-ups. We need to quit with the excuses and go in obedience. What excuses and hang-ups are keeping you from answering God's call? I can remember many years ago, I was selected among a group of leaders in our church, the church that I was in before God sent us, can't see Baptist Temple, our sending church. And Man, I tell you what, I, again, now this, I'm down the road now. I'm, I'm in shepherd school, but I'm like, y'all, I'm working. I got ministry responsibilities, you know. It's just like, oh, I'm burdened down with a bunch of stuff. And they're like, hey, you need to... Get with this group of guys, each one from every adult Bible fellowship. That's what I'll call it because that's what we have here. And uh, we, you need to represent the whole body. We're going to do this, initiate, this initiative to, to uh, you know, do a building campaign. And so we all got together, put our heads together. And, man, they're like, okay, we're going to do this, this message based on Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We divvied it up. <clears throat> and then they're like, okay, now we need you to write it out. Now we need to approve it. Now we need to practice it. And we need you to memorize it. And I'm like, when am I going to do that? And man, I was just like, I was like, man, I, I don't want to do this. I'm like, can't we find somebody else to do this? You ever felt like that? Man, I, I don't want to do what God has called me to do. I like didn't get a choice. I mean, I was kind of like, they told me this is what you're doing. But it was like, can I get sick or something? You know, I just, I don't have time for all this. And it was only like a 10 to 15 minute thing. But if you know me, um, I don't memorize stuff. Like if you said, hey, memorize this poem and recite it, I'm in trouble. You know, I, I just am not a good memorizer. So it's like, I felt like Moses. I'm like, and then and at that time, our church is running like 1,500 plus, maybe 2,000, right? And I'm I'm like ready to, you know, wet my pants. I, I just really didn't want to do this. I, I knew I was going to flop. And and I was just beside myself. I had a buddy, Brian Aiken. He, he comes to me and he says, hey, Brian, I just want to give you a verse. Mark 13, 11. He says, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do you, neither, uh, do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given unto you in that hour, that speak, for it is not ye uh, that speak, but the Holy Ghost. You see, God used that. He tried my heart. And he said, Brian, what are you doing? This isn't about you. This is about me. And you need to just trust me here. And of course, I did. And it, it worked out okay. It worked out pretty good, actually. And even though the, the, you know, that passage, by the way, in Mark 13, 11, just for all you Bible students, that is doctrinally written to the nation of Israel and is appropriate in the tribulation. But in a devotional sense, for me personally, it was exactly what I needed at that moment, just to say, you know what, God, if you called me to it, you will get me through it. That's right. You've heard me say that a lot. I don't just say those things because, well, it's good stuff I've heard. It's stuff, guys, I've had, to, I've had, I've, I've been in your situation where your knees are knocking, 
You don't want to do what God's called you to do. You don't feel good about doing what God's called you to do. You don't feel adequate to do what God's called you to do. But you know what you do? You do what God's called you to do. Don't be like Moses and tell God about all your hang-ups. Be like, be like Isaiah and stand up and say, Here am I, send me. But you can only do that, by the way, when you know your sin has been dealt with. You can't do that. You aren't going to have confidence if you are not confident in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cleansing you from how much unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. It's not about us. It's not about our flesh. It's about his faithfulness from beginning to end. So God goes on to assure Moses in Exodus 4, 11 through 12. He says, And the Lord said unto him, Now this isn't quite as... Uh, as nice as God has been in the past. <laughs> He's asking him questions, and he doesn't want a response. So you know you're in trouble when God's asking you questions, and, he, and they're rhetorical. And he says unto him, Who made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or the deaf, or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Like, who are you talking to, Moses? That's in essence what he's saying. Who made your lips? You know who made your lips. Now, now therefore... Here's the word, G-O. Go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now, I, I just got news for you, beloved. When God comes to you asking questions that you know the answers to, and he knows the answers to, and he's just saying that so you know that he knows that you know the answers, and then after he does all that, he says, go, shut up and go. <laughs> just, just shut your mouth and go. That's what the other prophets did, man. They just went, but not Moses. He's kind of a knucklehead. Not Moses. Now, by the way, if you think that God is some big, like, hard case dude that just is going to just stomp you out, you haven't read the Old Testament. Because if God was going to just stomp someone out, he'd have done it here. He'd have just taken Moses and said, Bing, I'm done with this dude. I've got to find another shepherd somewhere. This isn't working. Next! And, don't, and believe me, he could do that. He could do that. Moses is on the edge here. God is so gracious and he's so kind. He's so long-suffering. He's been so long-suffering to this point with Moses. He has, he's appeared to him in a burning bush. He's spoken clear promises to him over and over about the great victory that will come and, and the spoils that will result. I mean, he has done everything he can do. He has put up with his questions and given him the three signs. I mean, what else does God need to do? Who created your mouth, Moses? Who, who created the dumb, the deaf, and the blind? Have not I the Lord? I mean, he is being very clear. The proper response that Moses should have had was, uh, yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. I will go. Here am I, send me. However, Moses takes one more step. And I believe it's a step too far, but God is merciful. Point C, Moses resorts to faithlessness to avoid answering the call. And that puts us in verse 13. And what does the number 13 represent? Rebellion. You see it all the way through the Bible. And he said, O oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Now, when you read that in our contemporary time, it doesn't sound like, you're kind of like, what? Okay, what do you... So that's a polite way of, of, of saying thanks but no thanks. And again, by the way, if you, for all of you super sovereign folks out there, uh, 
I'm not seeing that in the text there. I mean, Moses, Moses, he's sure not a Calvinist. He's, he believes he has a free will, <laughs> and God's exercising it. But he's about to lose some things because he's gone a, a bit too far. He's like, God, thanks, but no thanks. Go ahead and you go ahead and tell that to the next guy you're sending. How would you take that if you were God? Well, we'll look at that. Next point two. God overcomes our hang-ups. First of all, we've got to understand that God overcomes our hang-ups with his authority. He is large and he is in charge. You really don't need to tell God no, but we do. The church hurts because of that. The gospel hurts because of that. Uh, Things get hurt because we tell God no. People's lives get ruined. Things get wrecked. There's real results when we say no to God. (laughs) And one of the things that happens... In this text, it says that God's anger is kindled. How does the thing formed say to the thing that formed it, No, I won't go. Well, you read it. But the thing formed is in the the likeness of God. He created us with the opportunity to say no, but He still wants us to go. So God... He's getting fired up, as I might say, right? He's already told him in Exodus 3.19, and I am, I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, not by a mighty hand, and, and I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, and I will do in the midst thereof, and after that he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. M- Moses, you have everything, I can promise you, but you won't. Step out by faith. So God gave Moses his word. God gave Moses his authority. God's authority was to go. He said go. He spoke it very clearly. You go in my power. Even when he says no, you are still sanctified and can go. Because it's not about the results that that you get, Moses. I will give you the results that I want. I just need you to obey and send the message. We're all just newsboys, right? We're all just delivering the message and maybe you sing for a band, but that's not what I'm talking about. But we're newsboys in the sense that we deliver papers. There used to be these things called papers, and people would throw them out the window into your lawn. But anyway, that's another story. That was a long time in another galaxy. But anyway, God doesn't need Moses. This is why I go into all this length. I just want you to understand this. God doesn't need Moses. He could do whatever he wants any way he wants. He wants Moses. You know, he doesn't need us. He wants us. Isn't that nice to know? He doesn't need one of us here. Sometimes the way I preach, I probably make it sound like that because I want you, and God does want you. But at the end of the day, he doesn't really need us. Like, he doesn't need me up here preaching every Sunday. I could be replaced like that, no problem. And it would probably be a big upgrade, so I'm just glad I got the opportunity. So you see what I'm saying? He, he wants us in spite of ourselves. I mean, do you feel like you're all that in a bag of chips? You're probably not the call of God. But if you're the person that's like, man, not me. I don't have the gifting. I don't have the talent. I don't have any of that stuff. God's like, oh, you're right who I'm looking for. I need somebody who will step out by faith and believe me, live by my word, take my message, give it to the people I tell you to go to, and just simply obey me and quit giving me grief. Because that's what's going on. 
This, this is a lesson every saint needs to take to heart because ministry is a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege. And Moses, is, he's getting on the edge here. The fact that God invites us to join him in his commission is absolutely amazing. And the reason he has commanded us is because <laughs> I think, and this is just me, I'm afraid if he didn't command us, we wouldn't do it. There's some things that are just so important. God says, I'm not asking anymore. I'm telling you, go. Go. There's some things in the ministry I feel that way about. You get to a certain maturity level, certain certain level of responsibility. We, it's not an issue of if should you, could you. Just go. Just do what you're, you're told to do. You don't have to pray about loving God and loving people. It is commanded. You don't have to pray about forgiving those who offend you. It's commanded. You don't have to pray about fulfilling the Great Commission. You're called and commanded. That's all of us. You, you are authorized. You're under authority to represent Jesus Christ to the lost world. You are deputized. Go ye therefore and teach all nations at the level that you can. Many of you are doing a great job, by the way. We just saw a great opportunity, but a great illustration of that this morning. But maybe some others here are having some hang-ups. Maybe you're listening online and maybe you're sitting out there like, man, I'm making excuses. Well, quit making them. Point B, God overcomes our hang-ups with much assurance. Moses has recognized God's authority as he's removed his shoe and he's worshipped the Lord. God has assured Moses greatly with his promises, signs, and his patient conversation on Mount Horeb. The fact that God is taking the time uh, to put up with Moses' human frailty says a great deal about God's loving kindness to, get to Adam's sinful race. And God's assurance is it's running out as he's now growing weary with Moses' faithless excuses. Point C. So God overcomes our hang-ups with alternative solutions. Right? So God's already met Moses. He's, he's, he's laid out with authority. This is what's going to happen. I am God. I got a name. You're going to teach it to the, my people, a name they don't even know yet, Jehovah. Um, he's given him signs, and he's given him his words of assurance, right? He says, hey, I'm large, and I'm in charge. I'm the God of the burning bush. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am. If you need a name, I am. I am sent you, right? He's given him the authority. He's given him the assurance. It will work out good, even though you're going to... You're going to face satanic resistance. Just continue in your persistence, Moses. It's going to work out awesome for you and the nation of Israel. I will fulfill my promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will fulfill my promises to you. Here's all the assurance. Give me, let's, let's hug it up, man. Come here, come on. Let's hug it up. Let's do this thing. And Moses is still like, no, no. I'll tell you what, God. Why don't you just find somebody else? Hmm. God's like, no. I don't know who you think you are, Moses, but this is not how it's going. Now, this is the danger that we, if we say no too many times, I just want you all to know, it's fully within God's capability to find an alternative. He doesn't need us. He just wants us. We can't think too highly of ourselves. It's a privilege, not a right. Laodicea is full of people that are about the rights of the people. I love our nation. It's an awesome nation. Really, in the true sense, God's done a wonderful thing here. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, I don't have any rights. 
don't mess, don't, don't confuse democracy <laughs> with being in the king and the kingdom. You serve a living savior. He's in the world today, as the old song says. I mean, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Moses is about to step across the line. In verse 14, it says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? Asking a question that, again, Moses knows the answer to. I know that he can speak well. In essence, he's like, Hey, Moses, if I was looking for a really smooth talker, I'd have called your brother. Oh, and by the way, since we're bringing your brother up, he's on the way over right now. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, because I've already taken care of that. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Your brother's going to be glad to see you, Moses, but we can't talk about that right now because you're giving me grief. So you want me to replace you? I'm going to replace you with your big brother. And he lays it out for him. Because God was growing angrier with Moses' rebellion. You, you don't want to go, or you don't want to grow angry. You don't want God, I'm sorry, to grow angry with you. It's no accident that Moses' polite refusal is found in that 13th verse. There are three things Moses is rejecting at this point. God's authority, God's assurance, and God's ability. God is, is done with Moses' excuses. And he tells Mo, Moses at this point what will happen. Your brother's coming. And God will see to it. Uh, exactly that it's going to go down the way he wants it to go down. You see, God is much more concerned about our listening skills. Leaders, listen to this. God is much more concerned about our listening skills than our speaking skills. I think that's true in this dispensation too. No matter who you are, what's the first thing we teach our children to do? Children, obey. Listen to our commands and then do them. Moses, listen to what God says and do it. That's what he's needing. He needs obedience here, and he's not getting it. Proverbs 8.32, Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, of, uh, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. It's wisdom when you don't refuse the instruction of God. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates. Not just hears the message, but is waiting to hear the message. Watching daily at my gates, the Bible says. Waiting at the posts of my doors. You know what's going on in heaven at the posts? They're shaking because of the praise of the seraphims. That's where God's calling people. That's a great place to be. You go to the door and you listen for his words. And next thing you know, he's going to call you into action like he did, like he did Isaiah. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. You see, Moses had just, uh, has just been replaced. Now Moses will have to go through Aaron to communicate to the children of Israel. Now for a moment, Aaron, he might have felt relief. But by the time we roll down the road to Exodus uh, later on, Moses is leading the children of Israel into rebellion. Or not Moses, did I say Moses? Sorry, that was a mistake. Aaron was leading the children of Israel into rebellion while Moses was on the mount receiving the law of God. In Exodus 4 and verse 15, the text goes on, Thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. Now you've got to talk to your brother. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. And ye shall be thy spokesman unto the people and he shall be and even he shall be unto thee instead of a mouth. He will be your mouthpiece, Moses. 
and thou shalt be to him instead of God. You will be in the place of God. Just like us, by the way. We are ambassadors for Christ. There are people who don't know God. God sends us out as his mouthpiece to preach the gospel. That's why we are ministers of reconciliation. We have the terms of peace. So Moses is not relieved of responsibility. He's relieved of opportunity. Moses isn't relieved of responsibility. He's relieved of opportunity. Beloved, that's not the place. That's what your hang-ups do. It doesn't take you off the hook. Right? You're hung up and you're like, oh, I'm just going to drag my feet on God and I'm not going to do what God wants me to do because i got excuses. And it's God saying, listen, listen, what's going to happen to you is the opportunity is going to go by, but you're still going to hold the responsibility. At length, I think Moses would have enjoyed the opportunity to speak directly to the people of God. But it's gone. God says, nope, you didn't obey. I'm going to answer your prayer. And someday, I want to say Dwight Yoakam. No, Garth Brooks is going to write a song called Unanswered Prayer. And Moses, you're going to wish you had this prayer unanswered. Right? Because sometimes you do thank God for unanswered prayers. This is one that I bet, I bet, I bet Moses was like, man, later on, like, oh, I wish I would have just taken him up and said, yes, sir. Yes, go. I will go, Lord. Because he, he still had all that responsibility. He just lost the opportunity to communicate directly. By the way, uh, this is the first mention of Aaron in the Scripture. And we see that God is <clears throat> angry with Aaron in Deuteronomy 9.20. He says in verse 18, I fell down before the Lord and at the first 40 days and 40 nights. I will not eat bread nor drink water. This is Moses. Because of all your sins which ye have sinned in doing wickedly, in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. God is, or Moses is praying to God because Aaron has led the entire nation of Israel into idolatry. For I was afraid of the anger and the hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you, but the Lord hearkened unto me at this time also, and the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him and prayed, and I prayed for Aaron also the same time. Moses ends up becoming a priest and interceding on behalf of Aaron and the children of Israel because of idolatry. You see, God commands Moses. He didn't convince Moses. Not even God could convince Moses. He did command him, and then it went forth the way God commanded because God is God. But he didn't convince him. God did everything he could. I mean, he, he showed up with great authority. I mean, he, he, he gave him his words and he assured him right, with great assurance. And then he, he, he showed great ability. I mean, God had all this ability, yet Moses would continue in his hang-ups until he lost not the responsibility, but the opportunity to speak for himself the words of God. Beloved, this Christmas, one of the greatest opportunities that we have as individuals, as a church body, is to roll up on out of here right now, go to lunch, go everywhere we're going, and just speak the words of God. And we have the written to publish 
You heard what you heard what Caleb said. People in Oaxaca, the, some of the Bibles we publish that get down to southern Mexico, they have not seen the words of God. They've not heard the words of God. You think, oh, that's like in the old. That's like back hundreds of years ago. That's like back, you know, Adoniram Judson. No, that's now. And beloved, even with the technology, think about it. With all the filter bubbles, with all the way that people can live their life in their own little world now that they couldn't have done 40 years ago. There are people right within Cass County, I promise you. There are kids especially coming up, generations starting to come up. They, have never, they, don't, know what Chris, they don't know who Christ is. And they certainly don't know what the real biblical meaning of Christmas is about. You say the word incarnation, they, don't have a, they think it's a drink. They have no idea. And beloved, it's our job. And if we won't go, we'll still bear the responsibility. We'll all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll give account for the things done in our body, whether they be good or bad. But it's also quite possible that while we bear the responsibility, we could lose the opportunity. And next year, when we get into the first year, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. I believe God has given us an opportunity. This is a great time to be Christians. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I tell you, beloved, now is the time. Now is the time to go. Go, go, go for Christmas. Amen? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to come together, Lord. God has told us to go. Father, you have given us a direct commandment. You've given us tools. We've got little gospel tracts out here in the... Out in the, in the corner hallway, here in the, other, in the hallway, we can grab those and we can sh- drop those off. We can share the gospel with people. We can, we can pray for people. We can uh, write people notes. Lord, there's things that we can do intentionally. Lord, I don't know what all those things are, but Lord, I know what you've commanded me to do personally. I know what you're commanding the church to do corporately. And Lord, we don't have to have a program to do it. We just got to be willing in our hearts to obey your word. And Lord, I pray God today as we get ready Uh, to go, that we would just obey your word. Lord, many will today, 70,000 plus, will get up and and scream as a man carries a dead, dead pig down a field. And they'll be saying, go, go, go. Oh, Heavenly Father, may we do the same for the gospel. May we be engaged fully as we look at the banisters of heaven. As Hebrews says, there is a great cloud of witnesses, people that have given their lives for the gospel, and they're looking down and they're just wanting us to pick up the gospel ball and go. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm like Moses. I sometimes make excuses and get hung up instead of freed up. I pray, God, today that you would free up your people. Lord, we need a genuine movement of the Spirit of God in our life, of the Word of God quickening us so we can be everything you've saved us to be. With heads bowed, nobody looking around, as we conclude this morning, is God calling you to go? And if he is, don't say no. Maybe this morning you need to go forward. We've got an altar here. We've got altar workers. Maybe you need to step out right now from where you are. If God's telling you to do it, just do it. Don't worry about what everybody thinks. Just step out and come forward. Maybe you need to answer a call of salvation. Maybe you just need someone to pray with you. Maybe you need to get baptized, join the church. But if you need to lay something down, there's an altar up here. It's not just a big step. You can lay it down. If you just need to step out right now, Maybe God's calling somebody here today to let go of some excuses. Maybe you need to be saved this morning. Is there anybody that say, Brian, I need to be saved. I need to know when I die that I'll spend eternity with Jesus. I, need, I don't know that right now, and I want to. Anyone at all? Man, I tell you, 
I just know this. There's a lot of y'all that are doing what God's calling you to do, and I'm so thankful for that. I just, I just want to encourage you in the Lord. It's so good. Sometimes you'll get obstacles. Sometimes there'll be resistance. But don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. And continue to be faithful to the call of God to go. And you may not see the fruit even on this side of eternity. Jeremiah, it looked like curtains when Israel went into captivity. Isaiah, it didn't look good. But yet in eternity, it's wonderful. Oh, beloved, I pray that you're encouraging the Lord today. If you're here this morning, you just say, hey, Brian, I just need some prayer. I'll pray for you. Amen. Several have their hands up. So let's be intentional today to pray for one another. We'll have a short season of prayer, and then we'll, we'll transition the service. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we pray, Lord, many of us are, are maybe focused on ourselves this morning. And we, as we should be, we're focusing on what you're calling us to be, to do, what that next step is in obedience, what our hang-ups are and what we can, how, Lord, you can free us from that through your promises, through your assurance, through your authority, through your ability. Lord, all of those things uh, are there for us to avail ourselves. And I pray, God, you would free up your people. And, Lord, one of the things we can do to help with that right now is, is think on others and not ourselves. Lord, there are other people in this sanctuary that need prayer. There are other people in the body of Christ. There are other people in our community. Lord, yesterday there was a, a box that was delivered to Bobby Blaine's neighbor, and it was a beautiful, it was worth the whole event. Everything that we did was worth that beautiful exchange. And it reminds us of how precious, not just a gift is, but how precious the gift of eternal life is through Jesus Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you would just minister grace to every one of your members, uh, every body part, Lord, that we would not be resistant to your spirit, that we wouldn't bear responsibility without opportunity, Lord, that we would take advantage of the command to go and that we would do it joyfully, uh, with a willing heart, obediently, Lord, and that you would be blessed and you would be glorified, Lord, and, and Lord, that our record would show that there is no rebellion, Lord, that we would be full of assurance, Lord, that we'd be full of faith. We thank you and we praise you for your church. We thank you for this time and we love you and honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. As Randy comes, I would just uh, encourage you. We're going to take up the offering in just a minute. As Randy comes and prays over the offering, uh, does a few announcements. I want to just encourage you, if you're a guest with us, you should have a white guest card in that guest bag. If you didn't get a guest card, you can tear off the, the side of that uh, bulletin and drop that in the offering plate as it as it goes by. So thank you for coming this morning. Yeah, that. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and pray for the offering and then uh, have a few announcements. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for the today. Thank you for the message, the encouragement, Lord, the challenge, Lord, to to uh, to look into our own heart and decide, Lord, are we are we willing? Uh, or what is what is our hang-up, Lord? What is keeping us from from serving you, from responding to your call, uh, whether it's salvation or service? I ask, Father, that you would uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, help uh, take the offering that we give to you, Lord, and re- return back to you on the blessings you've given us. Lord, that you would use them according to your, wor- your will, and you would accomplish great things uh, with this offering. And we just praise you and thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, okay, just a couple of quick things. First off, in the bulletin, I think everybody's pretty much aware about the about the uh, bake sale. Uh, the table is in the is in the lobby. Uh, it all looks delicious. Um, challenge, Christmas holidays, everybody's making their own stuff at home, and they even like raise um, you know, raise a, raise funds for a bake sale. Well, let me just say, 
even if you have great stuff at home that you're preparing for your family, um, take a look at what's on the on the on the table out here and consider raising helping raise money for the Kingdom Seeker Ministry to rate to buy and install uh, benches uh, and uh, seats around the playground behind us behind the building. So that's what that's all about. There is a uh, some things on the connections counter as well. There's a secret a secret uh, auction, silent auction, I think is the right term for it. Um, some uh, really good stuff. There's jellies and breads and things like that. You can, uh, they're trying to excite people and get some more activity on that as well. So just consider all of those things. Brian mentioned a couple times, both before and after his service, about uh, tracks available to distribute and pass out and give away to whoever. So that's out there in the, in the uh, hallway. But what's in the lobby uh, are some John, the, the book, the booklets of John and Romans with some Christmas covers on them. Uh, they're free for the taking. Take as many as you think you can distribute. Um, so I know there's a little table when you walk out the side door on here, and then there's a table by the uh, children's check-in computer that has uh, John and Romans on it. You can grab them there. And I don't know if there's another stack of them someplace else, but um, take what you use. If you don't, if you don't give them away, bring them back to somebody else. Maybe you want to give them away as well. But that's out there as well. Keep that in mind. Uh, volleyball registration is uh, underway, but the price that is going up, I think, or has gone up. That doesn't. That shouldn't prevent you from playing, though. Uh, now, what I want to encourage is not talked about too much. I told my class, uh, even if you can't play, maybe you can line judge. So if you can assist and help. Uh, uh, in some way with this ministry. I think, Ray, you're in charge of the line judges. You don't have to sign up. That Just go talk to Ray, and uh, he'll get you on the calendar for that, for sign, for line judges. That's a big help uh, for the, for the, the uh, volleyball league. Um, let me read my own notes. Oh, HBI. We finished our first semester of HBI. Uh, most of the students have taking their final, done what they needed to. Uh, but classes start again, spring semester starts again uh, January, the week of January 10th, whatever, that's a Tuesday night. So that week, if you are considering join, uh, signing up for HBI for one or all of the classes, uh, it's online. You can you can get the registration form there and sign up, and, and uh, classes will get started. Uh, I want to encourage you to consider it, you know, I will say right now, God's calling you all to greater discipleship. Uh, and so that's the next step for many people in this church right now, HBI. Um, and also, since uh, you heard, we, we're sending Bibles down to Oaxaca. We do it all the time. Uh, we are in the process, and we need your help in the uh, armory. On, we're going to do some assembly on the 28th of December. It's after the holidays are over, you've taken the tree down, you've eaten the last of the the holiday meals and all the desserts and stuff. So come on out on December 28th and help us. We're, we're doing Polish New Testament right now. Uh, we uh, the, the, the total number is 20,000. We have about 17,000 left to do. Uh, so uh, just come on out, 8.30 in the morning at the Armory Outback and uh, join in on that. We'll put you to work for sure. Um, Christmas, that's next Sunday. 
we will not have Christmas Eve a candlelight service this year because Christmas Eve is on Saturday night and Sunday morning we will have service. Um, uh, we will only have one service. That will be at 1030, uh, so there's not a Bible fellowship. Uh, there will be um, seedlings and um, give me the next one. The two smallest classrooms. Sunbeams, thank you. Uh, they'll be they'll be available for children, uh, but the rest of the family come on in. We'll hear, hear the message uh, on Christmas morning, and uh, and then uh, I just want to mention New Year's Day, and you know cause two holidays right in a row church, but we, they're Sundays, so we will have church. New Year's Day, we're we're back at it. We're full bore regular schedule, so you can plan on that. I know people think it's a holiday, but it's really not. The holiday was actually Saturday night. So Sunday morning, come to church just like normal, and we'll have service. And so that's basically it. There's more stuff in the bulletin. I'm sure you can catch up with everything, and there's probably a whole lot more going on that I didn't mention. So let's stand. We ask the Lord to dismiss us with his blessing. And um, again, check out the bakes. Oh, we got one more. I'm sorry. Please stand, but this will go quick. Brian's got a, some order of business. Need to welcome our, our newest member. Is Meredith Flowers in the house? Meredith got baptized last week, so let's bring her up. Thank you, Randy. Look at her. All right. So, here, stand up here, hon. Can you step up here? There you go. All right. Can you see her? Yeah. All right. So, with Meredith, so you know if you died, you'd spend eternity in heaven, right? Yeah. She gave me a great dissertation on baptism, spiritual baptism, water baptism. She's got it down. And so we're so thankful to have you in the body of Christ. If you're in favor of uh, seeing Meredith as a member of Heartland Baptist Fellowship, just say a hearty amen. 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 Meredith, this is your, inside here is your picture, a New Testament and a baptism certificate. And we're so glad to have you as our newest member. So let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Yeah, they're clapping. That's awesome. All right. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful for the uh, just this season of the year where we focus on Christ, or there's a bake sale going on. I pray, God, that you prosper that, that you just continue to bless your church. Lord, we know the gates of hell will not prevail against it, but that doesn't mean we won't have opposition. We're so thankful for seeing Meredith uh, make the decision to trust you as Lord and Savior, and then follow you after that decision is made uh, in believer's baptism, not to be saved, but because she already has that assurance in what the Bible says about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and how she has been secured uh, through his finished work on the cross. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for that great message. I pray as we go out, that we grab baked goods, that we grab John and Romans, that we grab tracts, and Lord, most of all, Lord, we don't forget you as we go out and we share the love of Christ with the world. We thank you, we love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're